Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast. O'Brien, both nicknames that I go by. Inviting you to check out Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the Daily Zeitgeist, Miles Gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans as we discuss the latest news and events from around the league. Check it out. Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Welcome to We Knows Parenting. I am Peter McNerney. Hello, I'm Beth Newell. And oh boy, at it again. Episode 51. We, we've we almost done this for a year. I just realized wow. now. I think, uh, I think May 15th. We should buy ourselves a cake. Let's buy ourselves a cake and eat it alone at night after our kids go to sleep. I don't know. I mean, the funnest part of having a cake is you see kids see the cake. There's nothing good about a cake. Well, no, <laughs> There's no, nothing you, good. You always like to talk about everything in absolutisms, and then it kind of bites you in the ass yeah. when you're... <laughs> There's just literally nothing worse than cake. Was that hyperbolic? No, I like cake. I like cake just fine, but I always eat a lot of it, and I'm like, I didn't like it that much, and now I feel sick. Can I say, while we're on the topic, mm-hmm. I, at the grocery store the other day, bought these frozen yogurt bars that <laughs> I was like, oh, these are a good kid size because we've been out with our family, and our kids have been all, every time we go to a place to get like a kitty cone, they give our kids the most ginormous amount of ice cream. There's oh, there's always too much ice and cream. And it always just, to me, it's not that I'm like, I don't want them to eat it. I just feel like it's a stomach stomach ache like in the making. And yeah. so anyway, they I got I saw these frozen yogurt bars. They seemed like a good size. They mm-hmm. were colorful. I was like, our kids are going to love these. It's a good dupe for ice cream. They'll think they're having a real treat, but it's like a little healthier. And then... You bought them for your kids? Yeah, I bought them for our kids. As huh. you know, they're kind of, 
you know, colorful, shiny kid food. Hmm. And uh, it's been a couple of days. We haven't given our kids any, but there are I have, four I have no missing. Idea where this is going. There's four missing from the box. Okay, you know what happens when you eat a frozen <laughs> yogurt bar with sprinkles in it that are fine. That's They're not meant delicious. For people a quarter of your size. Then you get a Girl Scout cookie and you put it on the ice cream bar and take a bite and you're like, this is effing perfect. You know what happens? You eat four of them. That's what happens. Did I say effing? It's just, I think what's weird to me about it is from my adult perspective, it's not a very tasty treat. It's more just like, it looks like it's going to be good. And it's, it's not very good, but the Girl Scout cookie with so it is perfect. For me as a consumer, that's like, I, uh, on a scale of one to 10, that's like a two, but to my kids, it's like a 10. Yes. So why would I take four tens away from my kids <laughs> so that I can have because I don't give our kids <laughs> treats. I don't do it. And they don't expect it from me. They don't uh, expect me to give them things and I get less of a hassle. I just wish I could spend a day walking through the world with this level of entitlement to other people's tens. No, it's uh, it's not entitlement, it's conviction. <laughs> so we're on I've done a full oh, more than a week of the new no TV on school days rule. And it is Great. It's not 100% true. Well, I know that you don't follow my rules, but well, the thing is, you're like, only in charge of them when one I, of those days. When I'm watching them, there's a lot of different factors at play. Um, the way they whine at me is different. But another factor is like the one night, the two or three nights I'm home out of the week, I will be like, oh, these kids are filthy and their fingernails need to be clipped and this needs to happen. And I'm like doing stuff like that. And then in order to either bribe them or get that done in an efficient manner, I end up being like, okay, you can watch like 20 minutes of TV if you do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happens. That's, I'm, You know what? I'm not judging you. <sighs> I mean, at worst, I'm feeling really self-righteous about um, uh, my own abilities to, <laughs> to say no to them in well, a way that makes them, that's healthy. Uh, but I'm, I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you how to do your routine. And well, I, here's I, the I thing. never say I you can't watch, let them watch I TV. I understand that the level of balance is somewhere in the middle of the two of us in terms of discipline. No, oh, I'm perfect. And you sometimes are more able to lay down the law in ways that I should work towards. But also like, for example, when they, when they have friends over and they're explaining like the rules and they say the things like daddy doesn't like, it does feel like sometimes you as a dad pick arbitrary battles <laughs> to wait. I think that I've been more guilty of that in the past because I have you <laughs> on my shoulder going, why are you, why are you deciding this is a thing? So I've tried to, I, I, I've eased anyway. up on that. But, okay, um, well, we've talked about that. Anyway, let's yeah, talk yeah. about our weekend. Oh, yeah. We we saw some dinosaurs. We uh, My parents wanted to meet up. Our schedule's been kind of insane. We decided to meet them halfway. They're coming from Massachusetts. We met them in Connecticut. It was very cool. this place called The Dinosaur Place. Is at, that literally what it's called? It's I, called, I, just thought I we, think it's called The Dinosaur Place at Nature's Art Village. And I don't understand uh, what Nature's Art Village is or it was, what was it, happening. I think all those little attractions were all one thing yeah it seems like someone bought up a lot of land and made a lot of little attractions in this place where it's nice but i think 
if you were to hit them all up, you would be like, wow, I can't believe I just spent $500 on that, you know? Yeah, you pay admissions to each each one. But the dinosaur place was fun. They have all of these, like, dinosaur sculptures that are huge, and you get to wander around. And the part of it that's nice for me is kind of like when you're at the zoo where it's just nice to be somewhere outdoors where your kids can look at stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that you're just outdoors in a fairly contained, safe environment, that's a win for me as a parent. It it seemed like uh, it all seemed very new, uh, freshly made. Yeah. And oh, and the, they had a fake volcano that went off that scared our children. And then Maven was very concerned. And then we found there was a cave where they had a animatronic dinosaur, which they had kind of warned us about in advance. And so there's a sign that says uh, small children might be scared. So we made it Maven. It says small children might be extremely scared. So we made Maven wait outside while we went in, and it was so scary. You just walk in this little cave, and it was one of those dinosaurs. It's the spitter from, dinosaur from Jurassic Park that spits in Newman's eyeglass eyes. <laughs> it was like it just but, lunged out at us, and then it was spraying water. So you go in and it's pitch black and as your eyes adjust, you see like a cage <laughs> you see, and then suddenly the head moves up see, and it's, it's fins go that <laughs> freaky little dinosaur. Just, and you're like, Oh shit. And then it spits at you and you're like, ah! <laughs> and by the way, by the way, leaving Maven outside just meant we didn't let her turn a corner. <laughs> we yeah. didn't like leave her outside of a building by yeah, herself. Yeah. But yeah, but, the volcano goes off once an hour. And I told Brynn, I was like, you want to go see the volcano? It's going to go off. And he goes, um, I, I don't want to see the volcano. <laughs> and I was like, why? Are you scared? He goes, um, yeah. It wasn't until I said, there's not real lava. And he goes, <laughs> oh, okay. I'll see the volcano then. It's really funny that that's, yeah, what he was picturing in his head. He's like, I mean, it doesn't seem safe that we're just next to a volcano. He's a smart kid. He understands what a volcano but then, is. Even when it was happening, he, him and Maven were terrified. They don't like noises. Like, they don't like any kind of loud noise. Um, I think there's, I think I read that there's two fears that children are born, uh, born with that's in, innate in their being. And it's falling and loud noises and the movement of a snake <laughs> the movements. one to three of those things is not true um somebody google it oh i think things like snakes and spiders like if you catch that mo- kind of movement out of the corner of your eye you're very yeah. like genetically wired to, it's like s- to startle yeah, it's a deep part of your your lizard brain. Yeah. It's, it's in there. As it should be. It should be. You should be afraid of snakes. Get away from me. So, oh, I tell you what, Bryn, so Bryn's obsessed with worms. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been rainy, and so the worms come out onto the sidewalk, and we come out, and some of them dry up, and so we've been really talking about, <laughs> we've been talking about death a lot, and also how worms work. And so he's really into saving the worms. Yeah. One day we went out there and he's Our like, kids are really fascinated by death more and more lately. We're going to talk about this later in the episode. Uh, but I was like, yo, why don't you put him back in the dirt and save him? He goes, yeah, okay. And he reaches for it. And he, once it wiggled, he went, Aah! and I ended up throwing the dirt, the worm in the dirt. So today he, he did it. He, he picked, picked up, up a, a he picked up a worm and as he, 
And he, he flinched again. And I said, it can't hurt you. It's just going to wiggle. And he goes, okay. And he picked it up. And then as it was dangling, he looked at me and he held up the worm like he had just discovered a new superpower. He's like, ah, and then he flung it and it got caught in the tree. And he was like, oh no. <laughs> and then he was trying to flick the branch of the tree to get the worm off, but he didn't want to touch the worm again. Oh boy. We ended up, I, I saved the worm again. What a hero. I'm such a hero. Oh, you know what we should talk about? The royal baby. The royal baby? What should we talk about? Well, who's, is there a royal baby? There's bo- a new royal baby. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry had a baby. They did? Here's what's, what's sort his of name? cool about it. They, don't, they haven't said the name yet. Oh. It's um, There's a video of Prince Harry talking about the baby being born. And he does sort of a pretty stereotypical thing, which he's just like, wow, women are amazing. Like, I can't believe my wife. Like, mm-hmm. sort of that, which is like both heartening to hear as a woman and also like you're like, why do men not realize women are strong until they literally see us squeeze a baby out of our vagina? Um, I think he was saying what he was supposed to say. If I'm in his mind. no, he feel he looked pretty inspired. I believe yeah. he felt it. He he seems like good. very overjoyed to be a dad. And I mean, yes, it's the press. He's giving them what they want. He's not going to be like, ugh, you know. But you know, Megan Marco went to Northwestern with a bunch of my classmates. Anyway, I was hoping you'd have a talking point that brings it back to you. That's what I do. Keep going. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Um. Royal baby. <laughs> that was not what I was bringing up, but that's, I'm glad I know that. Uh, Bryn had his final skating lesson. And so he took skating, and he was the smallest one in the class. And uh, he, has a hard, <laughs> he has a hard time paying attention, as we've talked about. Because much like you, he would rather be waving at the stands. So his game became every time he'd get to the end, he'd turn around and look at me. And then he'd give it like a closed, closed mouth smile and just a thumbs up. <laughs> and then he'd hold the thumbs up. He does that until, sometimes. Until I give him a thumbs up back. He does that a lot where he does a big closed mouth smile and squints his eyes like he's like, you think I'm cute. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. But he gave me, no joke, 30 thumbs up. And he was listening to his teacher 0%. So I had to leave. I had to like go sit on a bench <laughs> so he couldn't see me. That makes sense. So at the end, they gave him a ribbon. He completed tot one, and he advanced to level advanced tot one, which I think is their way of saying you should still be in tot one. <laughs> yeah, a kinder way. It, well, it's which really just be. them being like, we have a lot of kids here. They're all not great at skating. We're just going to herd them into groups. I mean, they just, yeah, the whole point is just put them on the ice. <laughs> He can march. He's better. He can march faster. He can't really glide. Um, but then he said to me, he goes, I do not. He's done with skating. <laughs> and I'm like, you, well, you can just go skating with me. He goes, no, I don't want to skate. And I didn't want to push it because I, you know, He's, wanted to skate. The thing is, he needs peer pressure. So I think maybe at Christmas or whenever we see your family skating, then he'll be like, oh, I need to be like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he does want to do soccer now. I told him, do you want to do soccer? He goes, I could take soccer lessons? <laughs> and he loves soccer, which was the sport that my brothers and I would shit on growing up. Do you remember up. when you and him came in last week and you had been playing with our neighbor boy outside and 
he said, we were playing football. And you were like, no, it wasn't football. It was baseball. It was baseball. <laughs> that I kind of love that that's his level of understanding of sports. <laughs> well, his buddy from pre-K was out on the playground and they live in the same building. <laughs> and this kid is, he can play catch and he can, he's got his mitt and he catches it and he's, he's good at batting. And, and his dad Brent, is so cool. His dad is always hanging out with him and teaching him how to throw a ball. Yeah, but Bryn can do an improv scene like nobody's business. <laughs> and Bryn got to bat. He goes, you want to bat? And he goes, and he struck out immediately. And his timing was very bad. <laughs> and he got frustrated quickly and quit forever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we probably should get him into sports, if only for trying to build some patience in him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, skating, he's last place, but doesn't realize he's that that's a thing. He's yeah. content. He likes it. Yeah. He'll do more skating, whether it, if it, even if it kills me. Did I say that out loud? This next segment's called Did You Knows? It's where we share some parenting information we found on the internet. Yeah! All right. Are you ready for some some real brief stuff that I found? <laughs> and I I deleted wherever it came from. So I'm going so to... So if you want to look into it more, sorry, you can't. Uh, this was this was somewhere or something. This was about death. And I've been talking... Not the, not the heavy... Side of death, but the rudimentary, like basic understanding of death for for kids. And I just want to read the, uh, the first snippet of this article because I think this is where Bryn is right now, and maybe yes. in a little okay. bit. Okay, read to us from the article. We don't know what the article is. Yes, uncredited. Uh, <laughs> what do they understand about death at four? Which Bryn is? Bryn is four. There are four subconcepts of death that psychologists have identified. Non-functionality, your body doesn't work anymore. Uni universality, all living things die. Irreversibility, ir once you die, you can't come back to life. And inevitability, you can't avoid death. Though kids pick up these, context, uh, these concepts at different ages, depending on their cognitive abilities and their life experiences, at four, the subconcept they tend to understand first is non-functionality. Because it's straightforward, many preschoolers can understand that when you're dead, your arms and legs don't move anymore and your heart stops beating. We're all going to die is something that's a bit harder for a four-year-old or, let's be honest, a 37-year-old to fully internalize. But typically, many kids will understand all four subconcepts somewhere in the 7 to 10 age range. There's a lot more to this article that goes into those other subconcepts but i it really sp spoke to me as to where brin is right now because brin and maven love to play dead and to like talk about things being dead yeah they're really into it they're we they had a play date yesterday and them and their friend kept trying to like murder me and the other mom and <laughs> her son was like I'm gonna slice you with my laser and his mom was like Ugh. but it's just, they're just at this age where they're like really trying to figure out what that means yeah and I I'm, I'm pick my battles with those things where Bryn's like if he, if he ever do, he doesn't do much of that but if it is that like I'm gonna kill you you're gonna be dead 
you know, I don't play into that. I'm like, oh, that's scary. Oh, I don't like that. I don't. I don't get. I don't get stern and serious, but I. I sort of do take the fun out of it a little bit. <laughs> then there's other times. I feel like I just play dead. Well, there's other times when they're like, uh, "He's dead." I'm like, I believe it alone. That's fine. It reminds me of. Do you remember when we were on our honeymoon and there was a little boy in a restaurant? shooting at us from across the restaurant with a gun he was shooting at everyone oh, in the yes, restaurant and, and then we started playing dead and his dad was looking at him like confused as to why he seemed like so excited about shoot like shooting and then his dad like realized what we were doing <laughs> uh and started laughing um that was a nice connection with strangers <laughs> that was nice i don't know if we would have done done that if we weren't in a foreign country and we weren't like eh. Well, would we would we do that differently now now that we're parents? Because when I was younger, like a uh, a little random boy is pretending to shoot me, I'd be like, Bah Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. I'm always kind of like in those situations kind of checking in with the parent to gauge their mood and like how ready they might be for someone to interact with their kid. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's you know, I don't love Guns. My my mom, well, growing up, my mom would always say, like, I, I don't like guns. Cause we'd always grab things and turn them into a, into a gun. Uh, uh, and I was like, Mom, I know. We don't really like guns. We're just playing. She wouldn't even, like, buy us super soakers. But I've turned into that parent. I've taken on that role. When, like, Bryn picks things up and tries to shoot things, I'm like, eh, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I try I'm to trying not to, like stigmatize it too much because I don't want to build resistance around it like I don't want him to be like here's the cool thing I don't want you to do like but I so I you know I don't like seek out like gun heavy shows for him or try to get him to watch violent stuff like but when he's occasionally um exploring that I don't know I, I don't yeah. want to like, come down too hard on like it. I'm not gonna buy him any toy gun stuff but when he f- he always finds things to shoot I'm like I'm not gonna yeah he has a couple of toys that like shoot water like a fire truck and stuff and it is like I think that's like fulfilling his like boyhood need of like manipulating things you know what I mean yeah he feels powerful um, he's gonna find that stuff I mean I did that when I was little I'd find a big stick and it would be a rifle. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into it. Should I get into it? Should I get into my history of guns? I think we've already talked about it, haven't we? Have we? All right. Here's here's the short of it. We're going to get into it. So there was this, this we're going to get heavy real quick. There was a school shooting at my school when I was in kindergarten and then an insane woman came in and, and shot uh, uh, a bunch of kids and she went on this insane rampage all day and miraculously only one person died which was the only uh, good part of it uh, yeah if this any. is like pre-Columbine like this is in 1988 this is like maybe the first school shooting right so and I saw some crazy things and the town was very obviously much affected by it as my older brother and I were in this school and, and uh, my mom despite that like that happened to me and at the time, you're a kid. Like I, I wasn't traumatized by it. You were too young to really understand. What I was saw terrifying things, and I uh, uh, experienced that. But, but you are like at a certain age, and I mean, I don't want to get into the psychology of it. 
you like you, you you're designed to deal with a certain amount of things. So I, I was fine, but obviously my mom's relationships to guns was uh, uh, rightfully uh, she, she was not a fan. And it, it, I mean, nothing is more terrifying as a parent, I think. And I think it's really what's crazy to me now is that we have this kind of thing happening like across the country, everywhere, all the time. Like, and people, when people have these fears now, something like this happening to their kid, it's not an insane fear. Like, you don't know who's going to get a hold of a gun because. Yeah. The gun laws are very bad. <laughs> but the point of, of, of bringing it up is that, you know, as a kid, even though that happened, I still was like a little boy who, you know, within the next year, I'm like, oh, it's sick. I got a gun. I'm playing. Like, this is the TV that I'm seeing. And it wasn't, it's like, none of that was crossing my mind. But now that I'm an adult and I see my child, like, pick up a thing and it's a gun, suddenly all of that stuff that happened when I was six years old like really gets me and then I'm like you put that down and then I I get it my like the the whole thing so now I'm now I'm really intense about it but I didn't care at the time so anyway that fun turn anyway uh uh I try to keep <laughs> uh I try to keep it light I know like they're having fun with the concept and it's like they're going to Bryn's going to start to understand a bit more of it. Like well, today, I think we were, they should know about death. Like it's not. We did talk about it today because he's really obsessed now with. I told him that the I explained how muscles move the bones, and that like how everything works. And he's like, "Can what happens to your muscles when you die?" And then I explained that like you fall apart. Like you put you, some people get put in the ground and you fall apart till you're just bones. You're you're always giving him the most disturbing graphic images. Yeah, but um, he still, I still haven't seen him like connect with it in a way that where he's overwhelmed or scary. It's still just fascinating. They're also our kids are obsessed with Halloween YouTube videos, no matter what time of year it is. And mm. they were watching one the other day that is, uh, it's like a song, maybe in Spanish, I can't remember, but it's like how to build a zombie or something and it's like it's actually kind of an interesting like anatomical lesson because this like cartoon sing song thing is like first you get the bones then you get the heart but they were watching it during their play date and so this kid who is Bryn's friend is not usually here and he's watching it like horrified I don't know if we're like traumatizing him because our kids love to watch like brains get put into a well, no, skeleton he's head. got a toy in his house that's all like the layers of <laughs> skin and organs and, well, and, and veins his, and his mom bones. is a pathologist so I was like she'll probably appreciate this yeah Um. so anyway they're fine they're fine <laughs> um, our kids are fine it's fine you know what so um uh, I'm letting them play with the concept of death and to have fun with it uh, as best I can. Is that right? I don't know. Clinkity clank. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This next segment is called Would You Knows? It's where we ask each other hypothetical parenting situations. Okay, so I got a couple of Would You Knows. Beth, you're going to love these because (laughs) they're, they're less insane. Um, than some of our more recent ones. I don't dislike insane hypotheticals. You just, <laughs> I just dislike when there's a lack of clarity. <laughs> I, well, I think the ones that have too much detail, you you also zone out. Anyway, you'll like these, unless you yeah, don't. Unless I just don't. like good writing. <laughs> Hello. I recently started listening to your podcast. I just want to say I love it. A single mom with a little boy. Who will be two in a little over a week? It's definitely a relief to hear that I'm not the only one. Um, to be honest, most of the time, don't know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, here's a would you knows. This one's for Peter. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't, re- I didn't remember that. This one's just for me, I guess. <laughs> one morning you wake up to Bryn face to face with you, and his face is covered in permanent marker. Not just scribbled on, but completely covered. <laughs> Upon getting up to deal with this, you find Maven with the strip shaved down the middle of her hair. This is a very close shave. As you pass the mirror, it only gets worse. As you somehow didn't notice, Maven's missing hair is super glued to your head. Uh, <laughs> it then occurs to you that you... <laughs> I love when people write these like a Michael Keaton movie. Like It's like, and then this happened. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> It then occurs to you that you have a professional family photos to do in a couple of hours. 
The session is expensive and you've already paid a good sum of money to hold the spot. And this is non-refundable. Thanks for your awesome, awesome show, Angela. I don't know why this one's just for me, but I'll answer it first. Oh, but I would, you know. I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I guess, well, one, I'm curious as to where the hell you are. What's the class? You're, what are you supposed to go to? A session? It's a photo, a family photo session. Oh, okay. We're taking family the portraits today. The stakes just keep getting higher. Um, I 100% <laughs> take the pictures as is. This is a real sitcom dad thing. It's like I'm like running around at work and I'm like, Peter, if you don't get the kids on time to this family photo session, like it. it's going to be what fine. I'm going to do Beth. It's going to be fine. Peter, you know, I care about photos. That's a big part of my personality. <sighs> Why least, won't you just trust me? I'm an adult because you always screw up. Do you What's... remember cut to one year ago, family photo session? Oh hey, no. What are we doing in this swamp? We took a wrong turn. He'll be here any minute. I swear. I told my husband, this is non-refundable. Get all that swamp muck. Off your dress, Maven. Oh, push the van, Maven. Push. And remember, two years ago, cut to two years ago. Oh, my gosh. Please let us off of your spaceship. We got to get to a family photo. Clip, clop, clip, clop. Sir, please. I promise. My husband is a good man. And I just swear this is the year I'll get a good picture of my family who I love the way they look exactly right now. Bryn, catch this taser. (laughs) Shoot. Pew, pew, pew. Run! Uh, escape pod! <laughs> oh, we're going to the wrong planet! Oh no! Peter, why are you wearing a silver baseball hat? Don't even get me started. Well, there goes our deposit. That family gets to take our spot now. That's the rules. Morgensteins! Um, so I think we answered her question. <laughs> I would definitely take the photos as what an insane thing for them to do. I want to remember it. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be a great photo. It's perfect. You'd look like a real weirdo not looking like a freak. Sorry, I'm chewing ice on the microphone. That's that's bad. You'd look like a real weirdo not I would not look like a freak. I'll tell you what. I don't know. All right, here's another one. Okay. Hey Beth and Peter. I've been a listener since the very beginning, and I am glad to have your podcast in my normal weekly rotation. Keep up the good work. I have a would you knows hypothetical for you guys. That's not really hypothetical for my family. (laughs) I have two sons, two years old and nine weeks old. Oh, boy. stop, Stop texting me, person, while I'm reading off my phone. They were both born on the same day. Two years apart, obviously. This was not planned, by the way. It just uh, serendipitously happened that way. My hypothetical to you is this. If your children had the same birthday and weren't twins, how would you handle birthdays? Would you each have their own birthday party? Would you celebrate each child on separate days? How do you ensure each child receives the level of attention they deserve? How much special recognition does a child really need on their birthday? And how does your response change if the age gap were larger or as the children get older? Thanks, guys. Sarah. So we actually know someone, Jess Eason, formerly Jess Allen. Um, she, I think both of her boys were born on the same day. Really? I'm pretty sure. I, um, 
I could be making that up, but it happens. I think shared birthdays and families happens more often than is normal because than like statistically normal. Like your dad and I have a shared birthday. Our your our sister in law has a shared birthday with Bryn. Um, uh, my cousin just had a birth, uh, a baby on Maven's birthday. Your mom and her twin brother have the same birthday as his wife. That's that's a crazy like, one. Like I think that there's more. Like I mean, as we've talked about on this podcast, I think there's more meaning to uh, our lives uh, than is uh, noticeable with the naked eye. Um, I'd say statistically, there's only 365 days in a year. Well, anyway, but. The, the psychic teachers podcast that I've been listening to for years will say that this people tend to be born and die on like holidays or birthdays of family members. A lot of times, like it sort of seems like they're kind. It's almost like I don't know. They're like nodding to the family or something. I don't know. It just seems like there's like a point to it. I just to me, it sounds like these people have a um, these a people. sex schedule. A sex An routine. annual sex routine. Yeah. I have sex like my forefathers had sex. <laughs> it's genetic. Um Yeah. Um well, so what would you as do? We know our friend Jess Eason only has sex with her husband once a year and it happens to be nine, nine months before that ten date. Nine months before the date of yeah. her two sons' birth. Um what's the question? What would how would you handle the birthday? Um, just let them celebrate it on the same day. I think, especially if you only had two kids, I think they'd just be like, yeah, this is birthday day. Every year we have birthday day. Yes. I do think, uh, I had the same reaction. I'm like, it'd be great if Bernan may have the same birthday because then they don't have to fight over. Yeah, because right at this age, they're always mad at each other that it's not their birthday. Yeah. Bryn, I guess they was very good. He was pretty good, but he was like in the following days being like, when is August 18th happening? He's like really ready for his birthday oh, yeah. to come. He's Big like, time. so um, we just did that birthday, right? So mine's got to be coming up soon. Well, there's, a, I think though, if they're further apart in age, as kids get older, like I don't want my 13 year old to have to share the same birthday as an eight year old. But I think once they're older and they understand that the day is less important, like you could just give them individual birthday parties on different days. Like it's not going to be a big deal. But when they're young and they're dumb, (laughs) they can share a birthday party. They'll probably think that everyone has the same birthday. Dumb idiots. They're so dumb. They're getting less dumb. That (laughs) scares me. It's true. Our son is learning the days of the year in a way that he's obsessed with calendars. Yeah. You'll you'll bring something up. They're like, "Hey, remember when we saw your yeah?" And he's like, this? "Oh, he's like, you mean on Thursday he's when like, we that went Thursday. there?" <laughs> I was like, "That was four months ago." He really does connect with it. Yeah, or he'll something will remind him of like another event. Like I pulled into the gas station the other day because he was he was mad because we were at the playground having a packed picnic dinner. And then the ice cream truck pulled up and I was going to try to get them something, but I legit did not have enough money, like cash. And yeah. it was cash only. So then we're driving home and I was like, okay, fine. I'll give it you a treat. And I just was like, I'm going to buy some cheap cookies at the gas station. So I run in and he was like, we were at this gas station once at midnight. <laughs> and he remembered that I had, he had been, my dad was taking him to see my sister for some reason. 
and was leaving here late at night because I was like, oh, he'll just sleep in the car. It'll be easy for you. But Bryn didn't want to get in the car. So then we went over to the gas station to get gas. And like I calmed him down with some candy. And he had such a vivid memory of being like, I was here. Well, of course, because it's the one time his entire life he's been (laughs) awake at midnight. Yeah. Well, it wasn't midnight. He That was him embellishing the story of him being outside in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, boy, can you, it, it's, it's hard to fathom at this point. Sort of like just anything out of the ordinary, like that was probably the, the craziest day of his life. Yeah. It's just funny because it's like, that's gotta be like a year ago. Like that's a while ago. When he was three, that was 10,000 years ago yeah. when he was three. That was when we started this podcast. Yeah. The good old days. What should we do to celebrate fans? I already said, get a cake. No, well, I'm in terms of the show. Next week will be our uh, one-year anniversary show. Should we do something for it? Send us an email. <laughs> what, 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 what do you not know? What should Send we us do? Your How do we reflect? Questions, uh, applause. Yeah, somebody do do my job for me and <laughs> tell me what the episode is next week. <laughs> I look forward to your emails. Lowinospod at gmail.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin 
at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This next segment is called Listeners Want to Knows. It's where we take some questions and comments from you guys. <sighs> they do. They want to knows. Beth, we have an email here from regular contributor to the show, Sarah, and her daughter, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, so we last week asked, I don't know if this was last week or the week before, we asked for people to send in Easter Bunny origin stories. You, you asked for people to we, send we in We discussed Easter it Bunny. and Beth was like, great idea, go for it. I can't wait for you to, to do that. <laughs> and uh, we got this one and I liked it. Hello, Sarah and Elizabeth here. First, had a great time at your live show. It was far away. Uh, it was far away and the highlight of my week. Worth the drive to and from Brooklyn, 1,000%. Uh, Do you hear that, listeners? Worth the drive. Worth the drive. Elizabeth heard your challenge to provide a backstory for the Easter Bunny on this week's episode, and we immediately stopped listening to write a backstory. Here is the Easter Bunny's backstory. According to Elizabeth... I have typed it verbatim from her direction. Again, Elizabeth is a child. The Easter Bunny was an ordinary bunny that lived on a farm with a bunch of other bunnies. The Easter Bunny's name was Jack. At the time, he was not called the Easter Bunny. Jack had a friend named Todd, and he had another friend, Stephen. One day, the Easter Bunny was, ma uh, was made king of all the bunnies by all the other bunnies when he was 37 years old. Because he was kind, one day the Easter Bunny drank a potion that made him poop out Easter eggs. He did, not, he did not know he pooped out eggs until he pooped out an egg. At first, the Easter Bunny did not know why, but then he remembered the potion he had drank, and it said, poop out colorful eggs. The Easter Bunny was named the Easter Bunny because the bunnies wanted a holiday named Easter, and he was a bunny. <laughs> and that's where the people got the holiday Easter from. One day, the people of the town, of the farm, uh, the Easter Bunny lived on, wanted a new holiday. They said they wanted to make a holiday called Easter because they wanted to use the Easter Bunny for something good and not just let him be pooping out eggs for nothing. They did not know <laughs> what potion he drank to poop out eggs, but they did know that Jack drank a potion to do it. They would use the Easter Bunny to hide eggs from them. They named the holiday Easter after the Easter Bunny. Ever since then, the Easter Bunny has hid his eggs on Easter morning. The Easter Bunny had help from the other bunnies making the Easter eggs since they were not enough if he just pooped them out and didn't have any help from the other bunnies. The Easter Bunny is a ghost now. <laughs> he died 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's the Easter Bunny's backstory. It's sort of like a biting satire of late capitalism. Um, I just, you know, you start out pooping eggs and next thing you know, it's, you're doing branded content for a holiday named after yourself. Yeah. And then after uh, you're dead, they're still <laughs> banding your name around. Yeah. You're, I, I'm a ghost. Don't use my image in commercials. Okay. Um, I just loved how many times... Um, Elizabeth said the word poop. And the real curveball that the Easter Bunny is a ghost now. 
I like that it's it's not the Easter Bunny died 20 years ago. It's first the first mention of death is now the Easter Bunny is a ghost. I, I actually saw that twist coming. <laughs> you would. I have to add this last part just because um, you'll, you'll see. Not to be outdone, my five-year-old son, Jonathan, heard us. And he also wanted to give you a backstory. It's a little shorter. Please, uh, okay. The Easter Bunny has a name. His name is James. He liked to hide some Easter eggs on Easter. And he gets his Easter eggs from his Easter egg basket. The end. Good work. Feels great. Jame. Not Jane. Not James. Jame. Are you sure it's not a typo? She literally wrote, this is not a typo. I didn't read that part. No. Oh. So we got it right. Cool. Um, Sarah, as always, thank, thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth, you're killing it. <laughs> James, thank you. It's Jonathan, but his character's name is James. <laughs> and James the Easter Bunny, you're killing it. Keep pooping out those eggs, you, you dead bunny. This has been We Knows Parenting. If you would like to submit a question, share a story, or ask us a parenting hypothetical, you can email us at weknowspod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 347-384-7396. Uh, hey, if you like this show, maybe tell other people about it. You can do that by subscribing, uh, rating, and reviewing podcasts on whatever platform you're listening. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at weknowspod. Boy, oh boy. Or go to weknowsparenting.com for merch and uh, other information. And uh, next week, it's one year anniversary, baby. Get ready. We have nothing planned. See ya. Bye. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.